Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast with Nick Patel, Chief Digital Officer at Prisma Health. In part one, Patel talks about the conversation with him CEO Hal Wolf that had a big impact on his career path, how his team is leveraging tools like remote monitoring to improve patient satisfaction and compliance, the paradigm shift that was ushered in by COVID, and why he loves disruptors. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first, a brief word from our sponsor. At CrowdStrike, we stop breaches, and it all starts with a tiny endpoint software sensor that works with Windows, Linux, Mac, and mobile, deploying fast with no reboots and no blue screens. We protect nearly 200 healthcare organizations with more joining us every day. Find out more about the power of the crowd at crowdstrike.com healthcare. I wanted to uh, just talk about some of the priorities you guys have and some of your thoughts on digital, where everything is going. But wanted to first just get a little bit of background information about the organization. Can you just give like a high-level overview of Prisma Health? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Prisma Health is the uh, largest healthcare system in South Carolina. We span over 50% of the state and have about 30,000 team members. We're an academic institution with two affiliated medical schools. And uh, I serve as Chief Digital Officer and Vice Chair for Department of Medicine. And I'm a practicing internist. I've uh, been with the organization now 18 years. Prisma was formed really about four years ago when Palmetto Health in Columbia merged with Greenville Memorial System in the upstate to form Prisma. You were part of the organization during all of that, obviously. I have been from the very beginning, yeah. Okay. And how long have you had the current role, the title of Chief Digital Officer? Uh, about three years now. Yeah. Okay. So you were, you were on the cutting edge of that because now we're starting to see many more of those titles pop up across healthcare. Yeah, I think three years ago, there's probably seven of us at the time. Now they're double digits, high double digits. But it's interesting. Actually, it was in 2017 where I had dinner with Hal Wolf, the CEO of HIMSS. And, you know, we're just kind of going around the table talking about what we're doing at our institutions and you know, at that time, I was the CMIO for the medical group, and he asked me, what do you want to do for your future, Nick? And started talking about, you know, uh, patient experience, digital transformation, talking about how we don't have anyone really concentrating on the emerging technologies and innovation. We're all focused on EHR and IT. And he goes, Nick, you need to come to my keynote. It's like, okay. So I was like, I already plan on going. And he actually talked about the chief digital officer role as part of those uh, thing that he does every year about emerging roles. And I'm up there just going check mark, check mark, check mark. It's like, he's saying everything that I want to hear about this person, this role. And when we became Prisma, my CEO asked me what I wanted to do next. And I pitched the idea of chief digital officer so he asked me and I actually give him some research and data around it, which I did. And then I wrote my own job description for the position. So yeah, I'm the inaugural CDO for Prisma. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. So it's uh, saw the need and said, this is something I want to do. And we're able to, to make that happen. So that's great. Yeah. And we, you know, we have a closed knit community of CDOs. You know, we have this mantra of uh, openness and sharing ideas I stay in close contact with my colleagues across the country, and we share ideas of what's worked, what hasn't worked, so we don't make uh, the same mistakes at other institutions. Right. Okay. Looking at some of your uh, core objectives right now, I mean, obviously, COVID continues to throw a wrench into things, but what would you say you're, you're really most focused on right now? I would say there are two things. One, and then one really kind of plays off the other, is uh, remote patient monitoring. 
And that is really around the fact that, like most large institutions, have a large number of patients under at-risk program. So if you look at ours, we have over 350,000 folks under at-risk programs. We're using data to drive care. So, you know, it's about more than taking care of patients every three months, six months in the office. We don't know what happens in between those office visits. And we want to be more engaged digitally uh, in between those brick and mortar locations. And so we're looking at three programs, hypertension, diabetes, and CHF. And hypertension, diabetes has already kicked off. And, you know, we're getting people to their blood pressure goals better, faster. And, and as, you know, the number of over a million patients that we see at Prisma Health every year, Unique Souls, you know, we're going to use data to drive that care and get people engaged at different levels, high touch or low touch, high touch, uh, if you have a high risk score, high RAF score, have a larger team member group with care coordinators, social workers, pharmacists that get you to your goals uh, on top of just the clinical team members. And uh, also utilize digital as much as we can. So if we start to notice that your readings are going out of uh, thresholds, and um, range, then we have a chatbot that goes, hey, I know your last three blood pressures are high. Are you taking your medicine? Did you miss your dose? Those are those standard things that most nurses would ask a patient uh, when they're not reaching their goals. And then being able to escalate that to either a physician or APP, or if needed, maybe it's, uh, no, I didn't pick up the medicine. It's too expensive when I got there. Getting them in touch with a care coordinator or pharmacist to help them through that. Because typically, like I said, 18 years of medical practice, and I still practice internal medicine, and I can tell you that what happens is you'll hear from the patient at your next visit. It's like, yeah, Dr. Patel, I didn't take that medicine. I figure I'd just talk to you now. It's like, well, you've had six months of high blood pressure since I saw you then, and I wish I would have known about it before. So those, that type of thing. And the second big thing is uh, setting up a virtual care center that's uh, centralized, incorporating other operational units like contact center, ICU, and others into one center that can have RPM data coming in, have a 24 by 7 virtual urgent care, have virtual primary care, have dedicated FTE from a provider perspective to take care of those patients, to add automation as part of that, and then be connected to all your brick and mortar locations where you need radiology labs and other things where they get that. So we're really trying to make this a digital continuum of services to augment office care, but also to provide care 100% virtually if needed for those healthier patients that don't need a higher touch point. Right. Okay. And, and these are all things that I'm sure have been part of the strategy or part of the vision for years. But I would imagine it, it made a difference in the past year or so that you had some of these structure in place for that. Yeah, it absolutely has. There's a silver lining of COVID. It's definitely been a catalyst for digital health, for sure. It's been interesting. Typically, we've always met a lot of resistance on the use of telehealth and all these advanced tools, because it's hard to move away from centuries of traditional healthcare delivery. But COVID really forced us to do that. And you know, we saw over 172,000 chatbot engagements over COVID. We saw over 700,000 patients uh, via virtual visits. And, and it count continues. And it's interesting how we see a correlation between increase in virtual visits and chatbot utilization. It goes up in almost a linear fashion to the way COVID surges. And, you know, I think that we're also seeing compliance go up. Patient satisfaction has been great. We're one of the first health systems to do hospital at home. We've had over 200 patients taken care of at home through some limited DRG, COPD, human acquired pneumonia, cellulitis, et cetera. And we've had amazing patient satisfaction from that. 
and very little to no readmissions. So we're realizing that we can do a lot of stuff outside of big buildings that we have to build for millions of dollars. And there is a paradigm shift of the population. You know, the millennials outnumber the baby boomer population, and they expect an on-demand, uh, easy access and a different way of healthcare delivery. And there's also a lot of disruptors in the market, right? There's a lot of companies out there that have sprung up. You saw that action on the Wall Street, uh, M&A action, companies mm-hmm. uh, consolidating, getting bigger and offering virtual primary care nationally and things of that nature. So health systems have to be uh, aware of this and what those disruptors are because they could potentially take away a lot of the commercial payer base. So you have to be able to keep up. But I, I love the disruption that's happening because it's also in itself a catalyst to start to get health systems to pay attention and uh, change the way we deliver care. Yeah, I completely agree. And what has Prisma done as far as working with, have you worked with startups or like, what has the approach been? Yeah, I mean, we do uh, our due diligence, but uh, we look at class research. I call my colleagues, I look at the marketplace, I look at uh, literature that is out there in the marketplace around AI or automation or healthcare digital platforms, et cetera, digital front doors and, and those like. But my first project that I did was to institute our online scheduling physician directory uh, as part of our digital front door strategy. And it, it was actually a perfect project to start off with because it allowed us to unify our provider directory, bringing in two new health systems to one. We also sunsetted a lot of legacy credentialing software and others when we did that as well. And, you know, we continued to march forward from there to online access to automation and other things. So the way we look at this is, yes, some of them are startups, but they have a good backing. We look to make sure they're financially sound and then look to see what other clients of equal size they've worked with and and to get that. So we don't shy away from startups. Obviously, we don't do work with a lot of uh, companies that are just starting off like day one kind of thing. But eventually, what I'd like to do is even be a partner with some of these folks. Some of these folks we do have a full partnership with. We haven't done investment, but we've done helping in development of their solution uh, and shared IP around that. I think that's extremely important. The other thing is, like other health systems, we will probably be moving into the venture arm of things and investing as well into these, some of these companies that we believe in and or growing companies within our organization. Right. Right. You mentioned the word diligence, and obviously that has to be such a big part of it because, you know, you you do see kind of that bubble happening or or the potential for that bubble. Absolutely. And and the bubble's forming. I think I was quoted in Becker's around that. That's one of the biggest concerns I have is, you know, a lot of these companies that are just springing up. And the thing about it is that they do just a little bit of the journey. It's like a jigsaw puzzle you have to put together. And, you know, these startups just do one niche. They may just do front door. They may only just do online scheduling, but they don't do the intake or they do the intake, but they don't actually integrate and send that data into Epic or do the physician directory piece where they get to know who the providers are. So it's almost like you look at these different major components of digital front door, telehealth, automation, AI. You can even think about at the pixel level, each one of those, there are probably 10 companies or more that do a little piece of that pie. So what's you have to be careful on balancing is you don't want to end up with a massive solution portfolio and having them all integrated with separate APIs. So I think what you see in the market move now is these companies to consolidation are forming singular platforms. So you don't have to buy all these separate siloed solutions to you know complete the picture, but they're trying to complete the picture with you 
and uh, reduce the number of integrations required. And I think that's that's really something I know a lot of health systems and myself are looking forward to because it's hard to integrate all these different components. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.